welcome to the Beef Edge, the Chagas Beef Podcast, for all your latest news, information and advice for Irish beef farmers. I'm Catherine Egan, and in preparation for winter, in a three-part podcast series, I'll be focusing on the topics nutrition, health and housing. And in the third part of the series, I'm joined by vet and UCD lecturer Catherine McLoon to find out how to manage animal housing over the winter period. Catherine, farmers can have the nutrition of the animal correct and the animal treated to have them healthy and yet still not be achieving 0.6 of a kilo per head per day over the winter period on weanlings. Why is that? Yeah, I suppose that's an interesting one. And, and there's really, I suppose, a whole host of factors that could play into that. Um, you know, husbandry factors, maybe things like feed space, housing issues and housing stresses that might put undue, um, you know, impact on, on the animals and that reduces performance. But also things like feed quality, feed amount, feed access. And then obviously you have your animal health factors um, and there's you know, quite a long list, I suppose, pneumonia and parasites will be the kind of classical ones. Um, but they're probably the kind of main headline ones that we'd need to consider. And in relation to the housing and space allowance that you mentioned, what is the typical bay of a slatted shed? How many wheelings or stores or cows should that house? I suppose it depends on, on, on how the shed is designed. Um, in terms of kind of smaller cattle weanlings, in terms of, you know, under that 275 kilo mark, kind of growing weanlings, that kind of thing. Um, I think the current Chagas guidelines are, you know, they should have at least 1.5 metres squared per animal um, in terms of a slatted house. And then for the older cattle, you're probably looking at, you know, two to two and a half metres squared per animal. So it really just depends on the shed and the, the width of the, the bay. And, um, you know, you can calculate that very easily, just the, the floor space divided um, by by um one and a half for for young cattle or divided by you know two and a half for for cattle over 275 kilos and it will tell you how many you can can hold safely and obviously a stocker growing over the winter how often would that need to be altered or reassessed yeah, i think it probably would be sensible i suppose to try and and design it now for for what you know, they're, you know so that they have a bit more space at the start and that they you know that rather than having to move groups which wouldn't be an ideal thing for disease control and, and bullying and, and so on as the winter progresses so I suppose you know you'd maybe be thinking that those kind of growing cattle are maybe going to be in 70 to 100 kilos depending on the, the length of the winter period certainly um targeting your space requirement for what they'll be you know in 70 kilos time and and working backwards from there. Catherine feed barrier spacing is often something that's overlooked what should farmers consider now that cattle are housed? Yeah, I think um, this is a, it's a huge one, particularly in kind of, you know, store growing um, weanlings um, and, and kind of growing cattle um, competition for, for feed as well as the size of the animal um, and, and how they're fed actually can have a, a quite a significant impact on, on the performance that they achieve across the winter period. So, you know, for example, if they're very tightly stocked and we're not feeding them ad libitum, then, you know, there's restricted feeding. They're only maybe being fed at certain times of the day and so on. Then that competition um, can really have a negative impact. So I guess really looking at just trying to have you know a minimum feed space for the type of animal you're dealing with. You know, so for for those weanling type um, cattle, you know, an absolute minimum of, of 0.3 meters. Um, if they're on ad lib feed, that probably needs to be increased to about 0.5 meters per head if they're on on restricted feed. And then for the older cattle, maybe kind of um, you know very something very similar for the, the lighter store cattle up to the year old. And as you come towards um, finishing cattle, then that space would need to be significantly increased, probably something like a half a metre per head with that lib, um, you know, increasing that to 0. 0.65, 0. 0.7 metres per head if it's restricted feed. That's great. And I suppose good ventilation is also critical. And we often see some sheds that maybe there is an issue, even though we would think that there was a lot of air coming in. 
how does good ventilation work for it to be effective? Good ventilation is, is sort of paramount in terms of, you know, controlling the environmental risk that feeds into, into pneumonia problems, which are, you know, all so common in, in those kind of cohorts of both weanlings and, and growing cattle um, and store cattle. So I suppose there's two kind of key components to ventilation. There is the what we call the stack effect where, you know, animals produce lots of heat. And as that hot air rises, um, then, you know, it goes out through the highest point in the roof that, of course, if there is a, an outlet to allow it out, and it draws um, cooler air in through the inlet and it creates kind of a constant um, um, flow or, of fresh air. And the second, I suppose, aspect to natural ventilation that we rely on in sheds is what we call the wind effect, where, you know, the, the wind will hit the, the shed at a certain, um, you know, angle and, and really allowing it to kind of blow through the shed, you know, at, but not at animal level, as which would create draft. So I suppose ventilation is a difficult thing to get right and it can be difficult to go retrofitting sheds and so on but it's really about having fresh air so that the bugs that the animals are, are you know constantly breathing out and so on are drawn out of the shed and, and there's a real um you know constant supply of fresh air but but without draft so it's, it's not an easy thing to get right there's many things that we can do to you know assess it so the size um of the outlet is probably you know one of the most limiting things the you know inlet um is also important although somewhat maybe easier to address than outlet the pitch of the roof, the height of the eaves, the height, the proximity of the shed to other sheds will all have an impact on, on ventilation. And of course, some of those things are, are easier to change than others. So I suppose if we have issues with pneumonia, looking to maximise our, our ventilation and at least have a, a good look at, you know, what it's like, could it be approved upon? And if there is things like, you know, lots of cobwebs and staining drip lines on, on purlins, that kind of thing, then that might indicate that, you know, there is kind of condensation buildup and maybe ventilation isn't as good as it should be and, and possibly something that could be addressed. And you mentioned, Catherine, there are drafts and in some cases they're just as bad, if not worse, than poor air movement and stuffy conditions in a shed. What can farmers do to assess sheds or to avoid drafts? So I suppose in terms of a draft, I suppose, is very much about kind of um, our eyes and, and ears and, and our you know, feeling um, ourselves. That's kind of very subjective probably, you know, particularly if the shed needs to house, you know, young cattle as well as weanlings, then, then those, um, you know, getting to sort of standing at, at animal level and um, trying to see, you know, you know, can you feel a draft on your head or your face? And it's about trying to really tackle those. So, you know, looking at um, trying to control areas of inappropriate air speed, because that will obviously have a role in, in the natural immune defences of the respiratory system. So if an animal is in constant draft, then they're much more likely to, to suffer issues with pneumonia probably particularly important in those kind of younger calves maybe drop calves that kind of thing but across all kind of age cohorts I guess it's looking at kind of the the site of the inlet to a shed you know that it's not inappropriately low um, and also things like looking at the cladding for the shed you know that it's not allowing you know excessive um, draft but probably more practical things like you know the internal pen dividers maybe the use of stock board and that kind of thing could tackle you know drafty areas fixing rubber flaps that are on doors or gates that allow draft under under gates, under doors, into sheds. Those kind of things might tackle and, and reduce draft. So it's, it's a bit subjective, um, but certainly trying to, to reduce um, draft potential is an important one in the environmental controls of, of pneumonia. Most definitely, Catherine. And checking water trucks is probably something that goes without saying and the quantity of the pressure. But what issues can arise in relation to water and sheds over the winter period? 
Yeah, I think this one is, is sort of very often overlooked and hugely important kind of whether we're talking about young calves, you know, drop calves on milk right the way up to, to you know, finishing stock. Um, and obviously it's a huge issue. So firstly, ensuring an adequate supply of clean water is, is key. And that's actually hugely important in those calves coming up to weaning because, um, you know, if we have sucker calves pre-weaning or even if we're feeding drop calves, those kind of um, the, the water intake um, actually will have a huge role in how much starter um, they'll take and, and how well the animal processes that starter and how well their, their rumen develops. So it's a really key um, component, but also, you know, right through to finishing cattle, again, it has a, a role in, in, you know, in, in feed um, conversion and so on. So ensuring that there's enough of it, there's, you know, clean supply, adequate water pressure, those things are hugely important. But also on the other flip side of that is, you know, the siting of the troughs, anything we can do, you know, to make sure they're slightly off the ground, try and prevent the soiling and not allowing kind of leaky drinkers to, to continue because particularly in, in maybe in weanling pens or even again, if you're, you're feeding any drop calves, then water is just adding more moisture to the shed, which again um, would have a role in, in pneumonia. And it's a particular problem in, in, in the younger calf um, cohort, actually. So really trying to reduce those water leaks and, and control the moisture levels um, is, you know, should, should have some good returns. And Kevin Catron will start on some farms from January onwards. What advice have you for housing cows pre and post calving? Hmm. I guess that's a, an interesting one. Um, I suppose really, I suppose there's a time now, um, you know, if it's a slightly quieter time of year to kind of get things in order and, and get prepared. And um, I suppose that's key. I guess hopefully at this day of the year, the sheds are all already washed and, and disinfected. If they're not, then, then they certainly should be. And, you know, particularly if farms have had issue with things like cryptosporidium and so on, the calving pen is, is often overlooked. So a really thorough clean first, so ideally power washing, and then only when cleaned, applying a, a, a proper disinfectant. So there's actually a very small number of disinfectants actually that are active against crypto. Um, so making sure that you've, you know, sourced the, the proper one of those. And, you know, having the calving pen disinfected, you know, up to maybe a meter, a meter and a half in height, as well as the fixtures and fittings would be something that I would consider doing, as well as any kind of calf accommodation um, and, you know, giving that time to dry. So that's probably one of the, you know, important tasks. Um, the other thing, I suppose, is thinking about space requirements and, and, you know, where you plan to calve if you have enough boxes and so on. And, and again, enough space for those weanling animals, you know, if you, you want to maximize performance. Then, of course, we can take the opportunity to fix those water troughs, block drafts and um, get gates working properly, which obviously would be hugely important, you know, for the safety element if we're, we're dealing with sucker cows, that kind of thing. So I suppose an, an NCT really or of the winter accommodation um, before the calving really kicks off, um, I think would be a good opportunity now to, to take the time to, to get the preparation right. Most definitely, Catherine. And for farmers that may be purchasing calves next spring, what should they be considering in relation to calf housing? Yeah, I think um, this is a huge one. Um, I guess you know the very fact of purchasing calves, which is just a you know a nature of the of the of the industry, is um, uh, you know it can't be avoided. But that is you know an inherent stress on the animal, particularly young animals that are you know like drop calves and and um, calves that are going to be reared artificially on milk. You know that's a huge stress leaving the farm of origin, the transport, possibly spending time in in a you know seal facility and so on. So there's, you know, some of those things are, are not controllable, um, but there are issues, you know, there are some controllable things that we can do, you know, when we get them to the farm. So, um, you know, making sure that we're only buying those healthy calves, you know, it's, um, you know, offering them electrolytes on arrival, that kind of thing. But probably in relation specifically to housing, it 
probably the biggest thing we could do is look at stock and rate in terms of, you know, really measure the floor space of the pen. And ideally, those young calves would have an absolute minimum of 1.5 metres squared, but ideally two, two metres squared per calf. So I would first look at what space I have and, you know, measure the area of that pen and divide by two. And that will tell me, you know, how many calves I can adequately hold. And I certainly wouldn't overstock those pens. So I think about knowing what space we have and, and only stocking to that um, maximum stocking rate and, and not the reverse, I suppose, measuring once we have the calves in. I think ideally would you would be a, you know, a good starting point to think because overstocking is probably a huge driver for a lot of issues that we see. And then other things like, you know, looking at, is there any way, you know, often the, you know, if we're buying calves, um, the, you know, the systems maybe aren't purposely designed. So looking at where we can improve things like drainage, reduce draft, um, improve natural ventilation, like wind ventilation, because those young calves, you know, particularly crossbred or dairy breed calves, just certainly won't drive enough or generate enough body heat for, for a successful stack effect. So we kind of have to rely on, on other part, other aspects of natural ventilation. So looking at, you know, do we actually have outlet? Um, is the inlet at the right level, but not causing a draft, those kind of things. Um, and then also, I suppose, thinking about how we're going to feed those calves. What's the system you're going to, to implement? You know, are you going to be using a milk bar um, or, you know, is there auto feeders in the shed? That kind of thing. If not, you know, if we are looking at manual feeding systems, you know, ensuring there's a hot water source, there's plenty of equipment. There's, you know, facility for cleaning and disinfection of, of milk um, buckets and, and that kind of thing. You've covered a huge amount of tips and advice, Catherine, and from your experience dealing with issues on farms, and in, a, in this case, a lot of stocker housed maybe on farms at this stage. What three things should farmers be looking at today on their farms to identify an issue before it arises? Yeah, I think I think I suppose it'd be hard to, to um, look, narrow it down to, to three, but I guess um, space is probably one of the biggest ones. Um, whether we're talking about you know suckler weanlings or we're talking about um, you know young dairy um, calves that are are bought for for rearing. So floor space is, is huge. So not overstocking, because that's probably one of the of the huge issues that we would see across the board with things like respiratory disease. So, again, looking at um, what space you have and what's the maximal stocking rate for that type of animal in the facilities on the farm, as opposed to, you know, trying to back calculate after, you know, we've stocked it and so on. So looking at our space requirements is probably one looking at. Um, you know what we can do to improve the environmental um, risk factors so things like you know reducing draft improving ventilation ventilation is, is rarely perfect but you know there are things you know simple things we can do maybe it is about letting more air in or maybe it's just about closing draft um, at, particularly at animal level particularly for those young calves so I would say space ventilation and you know reducing draft and, and improving drainage would probably be the big ones for for the young calves um, as well as, you know, thinking about how you're going to keep them warm. So, you know, plenty of straw on, on all the rest of it. So that's probably particularly for the, for the young calves. And for the older calves, I think the same things apply, um, particularly around space requirements so that they're not overstocked and making sure that, you know, ventilation is as good as it possibly can be for reducing those environmental risk factors um, and, and also looking at things like draft. Thanks a million, Catherine. Some great tips and advice. Thanks for having me. That's all for this week's episode and my thanks to Catherine for joining me on the show. You can catch up on all other shows and interviews from the Beef Edge podcast on the Chagas website at chagas.ie or you can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so you never miss a show. For all other updates from our Beef programme, keep an eye on our Twitter and Facebook pages. 
Until next time, I'm Katrin Egan and thanks for listening.